America is an amazing country filled with wonderful people who do incredible things. But too often, the media and liberal politicians ignore big parts of our nation and the people who make it work. So I'm speaking with leaders and policymakers who deal with real problems every day. I'm Ronna McDaniel, and this is Real America. Today, I'm going to be speaking with combat veteran and Texas congressional candidate, Wesley Hunt. We're gonna cover everything. He's gonna give us tips on what it takes to run for Congress. We're gonna talk about the Southern border and also Biden's disastrous energy policy. So I'm so excited to have my friend Wesley Hunt here on the podcast, Real America. But there's something really exciting happening today, Wesley, that you probably don't even know. But this is the very first time that we are in this new studio for Real America. You're the first guest. Thank you so much for having me. The very first. I Uh, saved it all for you. I love being first. I love being first. We've been building this studio for months just for you. (laughs) Just for me. We're going to put a plaque. Wesley Hunt. Wesley Hunt. First guest. Put a star right where Houston is. So just Wesley Hunt. Yeah, we'll have it right there. Always there (laughs) in Houston. But I'm so excited to have you here. I'm such a fan of yours. And I'm even more excited to talk about your congressional run and how you're going to win in the Texas 38 Special District. We love that district. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank we you met, for me. what, like three years ago? Three years ago in Houston, Texas. In Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just like amazing. Thank you. And you're really good friends with a good friend of mine who served with you, uh, John James. John James is my West Point classmate, my flight school classmate. We both flew Apaches. And his unit replaced mine in Iraq in 2006. No way. And you've stayed in touch all since then. Oh, yeah. And he's running for Congress in Michigan, too. So yes. I'm excited that you're both going to be elected. So I want to just get a little backstory and introduce people to you. So you're mm-hmm. from Texas. Born and raised. Um, you're running in a new district. Yeah. I call it the 38 Special. Yeah. It's a very special <laughs> district. <laughs> That's an awesome name. I, like, I, I haven't thought about that, but thank you for the suggestion. We're I love have that T-shirts name. and everything. It's going to be great. 38 Special. Wesley Hunt. Um and but let's go back. You grew up in Houston, yeah. and then you went to West Point. So tell me a little bit of your backstory. Well, great. Well, thank you for having me. And um, th- my backstory is really rooted on service. So okay. my dad's a retired lieutenant colonel in the army. Uh, my sister, who's ten years older than me, went to West Point. My family first, really. And then she did twenty three years active duty. She's a retired lieutenant colonel, um, and she's a military intelligence officer for, for for that entire time. Wow. And then she went on to get her master's degree in applied mathematics, and she was a West Point instructor as a major. While both my brother and I were both cadets at West Point. No, so your sister, did she teach you? Was she they your would, instructor? They wouldn't let that happen because it would have been an easy A. Would she, oh, would she have been an easy <laughs> A or would she have been tougher on you? No, no easy. No. My sister. I no. love your sister she would love. She would love you. She would, she would and your brother's name is, is it Ren- Ren- Rendon Hunt? Rendon Hunt. Yeah. Okay. So you are a military family. Military family. All three of us went into the, um, all went to West Point. All went into the military. Um, my sister and I went into the Army. And then my brother he went to the Navy. Okay. We don't hold that against him, of course. Um, we always have one family member that just makes decisions that we don't understand. But The Army-Navy game's got to be pretty it's, it's competitive. Rough. It's rough. Really? It's rough. It's rough Who won this us. year? Who won that game? Navy won this year. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, so it's really bad. So my brother gets to have gets to, gets to have his cake and eat it, too. Because yeah. when West Point wins and Army wins, well, he gets to claim West Point. And when Navy wins, sides. I was in the Navy. So he always wins. That's pretty smart, uh, But it's actually. about 60, 60 years worth of military service just in my immediate family. Well, thank you for your service. It's an honor. What, a, what a, an amazing family history you have. But yeah. you went to West Point, and then you you served. Yes. So went to West Point uh, and then did eight years active duty in the Army. Okay. And so um, became an Apache helicopter pilot. That's amazing. And it was it's the most fun I've ever had in my life. Really? Yes. Why? Just 
it's exhilarating when you walk up to an aircraft with that much power and that much firepower and to know that your job and doing your job is going to save lives on the ground. It's, wow. it's, it's phenomenal. And also, the pressure is high for us to do our jobs because I want to make sure, we want to make sure that the ground units were able to get home and, and, and continue to serve and get back home to their families. And, and just by us as Apaches being on station, save lives every single day. What was the most difficult environment that you had to land in or— so when I was when I was stationed there in 2006, the mission profile was there were two um, Apache teams that flew that flew over Baghdad and loitered all day, 24/7. Okay. And so we would respond to what would be a troops in contact, a call from from a ground unit that got hit by an IED or hit by a sniper, and then we would come in and find the bad guys. Oh my goodness! And so we were literally just some days there was nothing, and some days we were very busy, just kind of depended on on what the enemy wanted to do. Um, but being able to reach out and, and and touch the bad guys like that was 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 an experience that set me up for life. That's amazing. And so then, did you come back to Texas after you served, or how did how did you end up? So in Houston got again? done. I did two tours of duty in Saudi Arabia as a as a diplomatic liaison officer, and then um, I went to I had one more combat deployment. Um, I went to Cornell University. <laughs> that is a combat deployment. That, yeah. It's really liberal and it's really cold. It is really liberal and really <laughs> cold. Great experience. What did you do there? So I earned three master's degrees in four years. Okay. So I did a master's in business, a master's in public administration, and a master of industrial and labor relations. You're um, such an underachiever. It's, you, know, you know, it's tough. Well, Wesley. my brother went to Harvard Business School. Okay. And so, like, when he does that, you have to be like, well. You're all one-upping each other. Right? You're all, this is like the, the family of one-uppers. Right. Your sister started it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then so, after that, then moved home. Then, then you moved, moved home. Texas. Yep. And you love Texas. You know, I was born I in Texas. It. I did not know I was that. Born in Texas. Where? In Austin, Texas. <sighs> wow. A long, long, no, wow. l- uh, just a few years ago. <laughs> not a long, long time Literally, ago. Literally, like, 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 like. But years. I love Texas. Yeah. And um, not only did you serve our country, you do a lot of community service. You're involved with your high school. Is it St. John's yes, High School? Yes, high school in, in Houston. And, and Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yeah. Tell about, talk about the importance of community service for you, because I think that's such an important thing that you do giving back. Back to your community. My dad was always big on making sure that we find ways to serve not just our country, but also our communities, because it's incumbent upon us to continue to save our democracy and save our freedoms for the next generation. And you just can't do it if you don't give back. That's so true. And it's so it's so kind of ingrained in our family. It's who, it's what my, it's who my mom and dad, dad are. My I mom's the same them. way. They're just service-minded, good, strong Christian people. They've been married for over 50 years. And I think that's the secret sauce. It is the secret sauce. And then what do you see when you give back to these communities? I mean— what does it mean for you when you're serving and yeah. in places that you grew up and with these kids? You, you know, to, ha- to to be an example and just to be there to have somebody to look up to is just something that's always an honor for me. So there's actually a kid from St. John's that's going to West Point. Really? And, and uh, actually next week I'm going to give him his official certificate and, and, and congratulate him for going. And being able to do that, and, and my name gets announced as, you know, former Captain Wesley Hunt is going to present this award to this student that's going to be a member of the long gray line in the future. It's just an honor. That's an honor. It's such an honor. But you know you weren't you made an impact in his life yeah. and his trajectory. What an what an incredible accomplishment. Takes a village. I think service is so critical. And I think of these kids right now coming out of the pandemic yeah. with rising crime rates that we're seeing across the country. Yeah. I mean, what do you say to Democrats right now with kind of the insanity of their policies 
that are hurting our kids, uh, especially in urban communities like Chicago and other states? You can't have 3.2 million people enter this country that we know of and, yep. and have no border. Yep. You cannot rescind Title 42 without there being consequences. Exactly. And on top of that, you want to defund the police. Exactly. You, you can't do these things and expect and it, it to be a positive result. I like that yes, you just connected those three. Yes, they are. Hey, do you do all those simultaneously and you're wondering why we're having a crime wave, not just in our urban areas, this entire country. But you're right. If black lives really matter to Democrats, the hardest hit communities are black and brown communities because we need police. And let me tell you something. Maybe we don't always get it right, but the overwhelming majority of police officers risk their lives every day yep. for just Americans. So let's so, stop dividing us like this and understand that we need these people. And now police are becoming targets. Unbelievable. Yes. And you're exactly right. Black and brown communities are being affected because they're not getting the support they need from law enforcement yes. because Democrats are defunding them. It's crazy. So it's let's nuts. talk about the border a little bit. I do yeah. want to go to Title 42 yes. because this is on everyone's mind. For, <laughs> explain what Title 42 is to yeah. our listeners and, and and what this means that the Biden administration is going to lift it. Right. It was a medical exemption that basically um, did not allow people to come into this country because of COVID-19 and because of the pandemic that was implemented by President Trump, which was a, which was a, a very good thing. Um, the other the other thing that, that got rescinded that President Trump did an excellent job with was Remain in Mexico policy. So when you start reversing these policies and, and we have the board under control for the for the, the entirety of his presidency. Exactly. And then you just automatically rescind these policies, not because they're bad policies, but because you just don't like the person. That's what I call poor leadership. It's so true. They're not rescinding it because of anything having to do with the policy. It's we didn't like Donald Trump. We put Kamala Harris in charge of the border. She's the border czar. As a military person, I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you are a Republican. When you're put in charge, be in charge. At least show up. Our be borders, there. Our border czar hasn't even shown up to the border. She's never been. Neither has Biden. Neither has Biden. So tell me and tell our listeners, what is it like in Texas right now? And yeah. what are Border Patrol agents Ugh. and also the communities in Texas dealing with, with this influx of, of illegal immigrants coming across our border? So we're being overrun. Exactly. And it's obvious. And and if you look at what just happened last week, we lost an American soldier mm -hmm. trying to save the lives of illegal immigrants. So see, when you have policies that work, you're not just protecting our country, you're protecting other people from trying to attempt to risk their lives to get into our country as well. That's the humanitarian piece of this. We're not doing just us a favor, we're doing them a favor too. And that's what laws mean. Well, I, I love that you said humanitarian. Yes. Because Democrats try and cloud this or, or say this is a humanitarian thing to let people come across our country. Yeah. Well, not if they're being shepherded by coyotes who That's are <laughs> abusing their children. 14,000 kids came unaccompanied last month. 14,000 yes. kids Unbelievable. unaccompanied. Unbelievable. When you see crime rates, when you see that this young man, Bishop Evans, yes. 22 years old, died trying to save two drug smugglers crossing yes. illegally. Yes. That is crazy yeah. to me. So, what do you think Congress can do? What do you think when we win back the House and you get in Congress, what do you think we can do to hold the Biden administration accountable for this? I just drove past the, the, the DOJ building. It's a fantastic building. And written on the, on the side of it says, where law ends, tyranny begins. It's true. I just saw that. So what can we do? Implement the laws to prevent tyranny from entering our country. It's really that basic. And right now, the bar is really low. The, like, we just— 
should not be raising taxes on American people. Let's let's just make sure that we have border security and follow the law and, and enforce the law at our border. Um, Keystone XL pipeline. Yep. Regaining our energy independence. Okay. Let's make sure that we continue to support Israel. Let's make sure Iran doesn't have a nuclear weapon. This this is these are all things that we as Republicans can all agree on. And if we have some kind of contract with America that say we're going that says we're going to do these things, then guess what? We could then regain trust back in the American people. I think you're so right. And I it is common. I say this is an election of common sense versus crazy. It I have some other words I put in front of that, right. but I'm just going to say common sense versus crazy. Right. Because what they're doing is crazy. I mean, it is common sense that parents should have a say in their kid's classroom. It's a common sense that we should have a border, that yeah. we have laws. Uh, we shouldn't let drugs be pouring across our border. And we see the highest death rate right now between 18 and 45-year-olds yes. is, is opioids. Fentanyl overdoses, yes. And so um, I'm so thankful for you. I do want to talk about energy. Because Texas is an energy producer. I'll tell you one thing John Kennedy said on my podcast a couple weeks ago, okay. and I love it. Okay. He's like, all the tech, all the oil and the resources are in Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana, and the dipsticks are in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that? That's a great line. I'm it's stealing, a pretty good I'm line. I'm stealing that. <laughs> it's a pretty good line. Yeah. I've used that line. I used it in Alaska last week. But I think that's so true. And you're in a, your district yes. is going to be such a, a huge resource for energy. Tell me why it is so important from so many levels, being a veteran, uh, the inflation, all the things that we're seeing from a security level that we have energy independence. So um, Houston is, there's, it kinda, there, there's a saying that Houston is known as the energy capital of the world. And there is a stretch in Houston that's known as the energy corridor. Okay. The entire energy corridor has now been drawn into my district. Okay. So that wow. makes me the energy congressman of the world. You are the energy congressman. You are very high energy. <laughs> I will say that's the perfect name for you. You are the energy congressman in the thirty eighth special. Energy in the thirty t shirts. We need you can get a lot of t shirts. I love it. I love it. Don't okay. worry. Uh, and so it, basically, I, I am very fortunate to be in a district to where all eight hundred thousand people that live in my district are in some way tangentially related to the oil and gas industry. If you're an engineer, if you're in the medical industry, if if you are an attorney, everything circles around that industry. And making sure that we tell the truth about our industry is what's really important. We are the reason why we have reduced our carbon over the course of the past decade every single year is because of natural gas. We're sitting on the Permian Basin right now. We have the Marcellus Shale in Pennsylvania right now, and we are asking Venezuela and Iran for dirty oil. It makes absolutely no sense. So we need to take a more common sense approach to this and realize that we all want to get to that next abundant source of energy that, that, that's actually affordable for the world, but you ain't getting there without us. Well, you and you can't just cut one off without no. a replacement, right? No. And what they've done is really shut down our energy. Yes. Biden did it day one. Day one. People Keystone don't XL understand pipeline. this. Day Keystone one. XL and then stopping and the the leases and drill and drilling on federal lands. On federal lands. He did it day one. Yep. And then it stopped investment. Mm -hmm. And people in that industry said we're not going to expand. Of course. And so instead we bought five hundred thousand of Barrels of oil from Russia every Russia? day. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> this, do you hear this? Is this crazy? This is, ins this is just what I'm in, saying. This is it's insane. crazy versus common sense. It's insane. <laughs> so, how many jobs do you think in your? St I mean, 
like 80% of the, the jobs? Just in the energy corridor alone, there's eighty. There's about seventy five to 80,000 jobs just in the energy corridor. And then just north of mine, that's now in Dan Crenshaw's district, um, ExxonMobil's head, headquarters okay. is there. And then also, there's um, there's an also hub kind of in downtown Houston, where there are also a few energy companies there, like Chevron and um, Enterprise Products and a few of those. But what's interesting is that if you work downtown, you still live in my district. You still live in your district. So either either if you're related to energy, either you live in my district or you, or you work in the you energy You really corridor. are the— yep. And what are you hearing? Are they just frustrated by what's happened under this administration? Because Biden's really declared war yes. on energy. And, and, and I think American safety and security by what he's done to American oil and gas because he's embraced the Green New Deal. We've embraced the Green New Deal, and we're looking at what's happening in the world right now. Okay, yeah. and what happened with what's happening in the Ukraine right now is a direct result of weak leadership and us relinquishing our energy independence. Full stop. Full stop. Would not be happening if we just stuck with good, positive America first policies. That's exactly all. right. Exactly That's right. All. So it's simple. Right now, you can't demonize us today because literally, this microphone that I'm speaking into right now, my cell phone in my pocket, everything that we use is basically a product of fossil fuels. If we were able to magically snap our fingers tomorrow and if every single American drove an EV tomorrow, we would only reduce our demand by 20%. We would still use 80% of a barrel of oil on everything else that we need. Yes. And if you're driving a Tesla right now and you plug it in at night, it's being powered by a coal-powered grid or by natural gas. That is so So your Tesla crazy. is gas-powered, by the way. So we need it. We and need our it. grid's not ready for no. all, all— The world's not ready. I just think Texas is ground zero of everything that the Biden administration's done wrong. You're on the front lines of watching an overrun border, drugs coming across our border, and then an abandonment of the energy. And we're all feeling it. Yes. Like you said, don't raise taxes. Well, everybody has a tax hike right now yes. with inflation. Yes, we do. So what are you hearing from people in your district? What are some of the main concerns you're hearing as you're running? Biggest thing is, look, you know, we're looking at what's happening with inflation and, and we're, with higher taxes. We don't, we don't have a tax revenue problem in our country. We have a spending problem in our country. Yes, we do. Just three years ago, we had the highest tax revenue in the history of this country and added $1.5 trillion to our debt. Spending problem. Big government. Mm-hmm. How do we get the government out of the lives of everyday Americans and make it as small as possible to allow Americans to have the autonomy to make up their own minds and make their own decisions and operate in the best interest of their families and their own liberty and their own personal interest? It's just that simple. You sound like a Republican. Oh, it's shocking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's, like, 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 it's like an American. Like, it's, it's like it's common, it's, it's sense. common sense. Common sense. It's not that hard. You know, I—, I I, I think you're going to be elected. I think you're going to be such an influence in Thank the you. House. I've been watching your career since I've been in Washington. Thank uh, you. Is there something that you're really passionate about as a legislative priority when you come to Washington that just you want to get done once you get elected? I want to get the Keystone XL pipeline done. Yeah, let, good. Let, let's get that turned back on. Let's stop the restrictions. Let's 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 completely unleash the energy machine that is the United States of America and fuel the entire world. That's my top priority. And we can do it in a clean way. Yes, cleaner than anybody else. That makes us not just more prosperous as a nation, yes. but also safer because yes. we're not putting money in the hands of Russia and Venezuela and Iran and bad actors. Common sense? This what is this? Common sense? <laughs> so I want to I'm going to go into candidate mode right now yeah. because you've been a candidate before. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people out there running for office right yeah. now. Not just Congress, but school board it's and 
county commissioner. We're taking our country back. Yeah, we're taking our country back. So you ran you ran for Congress before. Yes. You ran such a great race. It was tight. It was a tough race. What are your pro tips for running for office to anybody who's listening? And what would you say? Think about these things as you're preparing for your run. Stay in the community. Know your community. Talk to every single person that you can. And make sure that you always leave a lasting impression about how you want to change things for the better. Always try to keep the most positive attitude as possible. And please know that there are people that are currently serving our country today and people that have died for our freedoms. Don't ever forget that. It's an honor to be able to serve. And it's an honor to to put yourself out there, put your family out there and say, hey, you know what? There's going to be some really mean tweets and some really bad things said about you. But but so what? Because there's going to be 800,000 people that are going to select you to represent them in the halls of Congress and to be one of 435 Americans is an honor. Don't ever forget that. That's amazing. Perfect. We should put that as like our training. (laughs) Here's our training. I don't know if you ever are in a bad mood. Are you ever in a bad mood? It's really hard. Are you always really just happy? It's really hard to get me in a bad mood. I'm going to say you're going to win the one-up war because, you know, your brother may have gone to Harvard (laughs) and your sister may have taught at Westport, but you're going to be a congressman. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. As of right now, but who knows what my brother and sister are going to do after this. Uh, (laughs) We're going up We'll see. We'll see. Um, How do people support you in your race? What would would be a way to go and help Wesley Hunt? Wesleyfortexas.com. And um, that's my website. And and that's where, you know, please, if you have uh, any capacity to give, we'd greatly appreciate it. Obviously, this stuff costs money. Uh, And then also, if you want to follow me, all my social media uh, handles are are there as well at Wesleyfortexas.com. Uh, you're so great. This is going to be a great freshman class. I, I do want to end with a, a, a question that I ask pretty much everybody on the show. Yeah. We have a lot of Republicans that are discouraged right now. Mm-hmm. They are upset about what happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. Some of them are saying— Understandably so. Yeah. Why should I get involved? <laughs> Reasonable. Yeah. yeah they're, they're upset. They're upset with what happened. I'm not going to get involved. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to engage. I'm I'm done. Uh, what do you say to that person who's sitting on the sidelines of this election— how do you get them off the sidelines to engage in what I think is going to be the most pivotal election in our nation's history? So I'm running for you for United States Congress in Harris County. Harris County is the third largest county in the entire country. There are roughly five congressional districts entirely encompassed in Harris County. Four of the five districts are minority majority districts, and they are districts that Joe Biden would have won by at least 25 points. Wow. There's only one white majority district. 70% of my district is, is white, and it's a district that President Trump would have won by 25 points. And a black man is going to be the congressman in the only white majority Trump plus 25 seat left in the third largest county in the entire country. I tell you that. That's the America that I know and love. It's not about race. It's not about color. I literally get to wake up every day and live Martin Luther King's dream. I'm literally being judged by the content of my character and not by the color of my skin. That's our real party. And if you want the world to know that, you have to get off the sidelines and help candidates like me that know the truth about our party and how do we spread the truth to save our country. I love that because you're pushing back on this Democrat narrative that— Black men cannot be Republican. Everybody's racist. Everybody's racist. Everybody, no matter what. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to call you racist. You know that, right? Have they already done that? Oh, I cannot (laughs) wait for this. (laughs) It's going to be kind of hard for them to say that. I cannot wait for this. But I 
I just want to end by just saying thank you so much for serving yes. at every level in your community um, with what you did with with these teenagers and young kids, what you've done to serve our country in the military, and now this next step in, in your life. I know you have a, a wife and two young daughters. Yep. Yep. Um, you said, what, an 18-month-old and a 18 three-year-old? 18-month-old and a three-year-old. Yes, we're busy. You're very busy. I yeah. said, I have a 17-year-old. I'll swap you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll swap you two for one. Two for All right? <laughs> he's tough right Deal. Now. No, he's <laughs> no, just great. Kidding. He's great. Yeah. He's great. Um, but thank you for what you're doing. And um, I'm just so appreciative Thank and excited an about you. And I love the whole group of, of Congress people that you're running with. Go change this country. We good. need you. We it's need looking, you. It's looking good. All yeah. right. Well, thank you for joining Real America. Of I'm course. thrilled to have you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Wesley. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Ronna McDaniel, and this is what Republicans stand for. Join us next time on Real America. Paid for by the Republican National Committee. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.gop.com.